0: Thank you very much, Pastor Russ. Um, Special welcome to you all for joining us this Sunday morning. I think it's one of those mornings where we needed a little bit more effort to wake up, you know, prepare for for church. It's it's really cold. I want to also extend a special welcome to those that are watching online. I pray that you are being blessed just as we are being blessed. God is good. all All the time, God is good. As I was um, preparing, as I was um, asking God to give me a word for the service this morning, this word, thanksgiving, kept coming in my spirit. Thanksgiving. And so I'm going to be talking about thanksgiving this morning. And I also discovered that thanksgiving goes hand in hand with praise. So the title of my message is actually Thanksgiving and Praise. God is good. All the time, God is good. I want to start by sharing with you a short story that I heard some time ago. A grandmother took her grandson to the beach. She was excited to take him to the beach for the first time. And she bought him a nice cap, you know, just to protect him from the sunshine. As they were at the beach, she sat down and she let her grandson run around, you know, like kids do playing around. All of a sudden, there was a wave, a massive wave that came, and it swept the boy into the water. She was shocked, as you would, and she immediately went on her knees, started praying to God. She said, Lord, please, please, please bring my grandson back. All of a sudden, another wave came. And it deposited her grandson right in front of her as she was praying she picked up her grandson inspected him to see if everything was fine and sure enough everything was fine apart from the heavy breathing you know from the shock that uh, for what had happened she looked at him from the top to the bottom and everything was fine then She raised up a finger to heaven and said, Lord, when my grandson went into the water, he was wearing a cap. But when he came out, he came out with that cap. I want that cap back. Many times we fail to express our gratitude and thanksgiving because we focus on the things we don't have instead of what we already have. And yet we are called upon repeatedly throughout Scripture to be thankful, to rejoice and praise God for all that he has done for us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But why should we give praise and thanks in all circumstances, you might want to ask. The reason is because you and I may never see the full picture of why certain things happen in our lives. Or why they are happening the way they are happening in our lives. In other words, we cannot look at every situation and clearly understand why it is happening but as children of God, I know that we can know for sure that God is at work in these situations and working them out for our own good and his glory. Can you say amen to that? That's what he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We may not understand why certain things happen in our lives, but in all circumstances, we must uh, believe that God is working for our own good. The story of Joseph, for example, is a good example for us. You will remember that when Joseph's brother, when Joseph's brother wanted to, to make peace with him, when they finally realized whom he was, they were afraid. But this is what Joseph said to them in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He said, "What you meant for evil, God tended for good. God intended it for good to establish what is now being done." the saving of many lives. Joseph had become the prime minister, he'd become the second most important man in Egypt, and he was responsible for you know, distributing food and saving many lives. He said, what you meant for evil, God tended for good. One of the things that I've discovered, and I'm sure you agree with me, is that it is easy to praise God when things are going our way. It's easy to praise God when we are on top of the mountain. It's easy to praise God when we are happy, when we have received a blessing. So if you are a man, for example, that lady that you have been chasing up for for, for a decade or so, finally says yes. It's easy to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you. You are Jehovah Jireh, you provide all my needs. If you're a lady, maybe that man of your dreams finally proposes and he puts a a, a, a ring on your finger. and, 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 you know, you walk like this so that everybody can see the ring. It's easy to go and say, Lord, thank you. You are a good God. You praise him. You worship him. I don't know. It might be a promotion at work. It might be, you know, getting that dream job that you've always wanted. It's easy in those situations to go and thank God. But what about when things are not going our way? What about when we suddenly find ourselves no longer at the top of the mountain, but in the valley? Can we still praise and worship God? Can we still thank God for what he has done for us? I think it is in those times that we should reflect on our lives and remind ourselves of the things that God has already done for us. I think this is a very important point because we often forget, you know, I think when we look back at what God has already done for us, it makes us want to thank him in spite of what we are going through. Because we tend to forget the victories of the past as we focus on the challenges and battles of the moment. We need to remind ourselves of the moments God came through for us that we may remain faithful and thankful. In Psalm 24, for example, we read about a group of people looking back on their lives and reminding themselves of what the Lord had done for them. It says, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side, when people attacked us, They would have swallowed us alive when their anger fled against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrents would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. It then says, Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken And we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Isn't the Lord good? They were reflecting on what the Lord had done for them. And so it's important for us to always look back and see what the Lord has done for us in order for us to appreciate the things that are happening in our lives. Can you say amen to that? How many know that the Lord has protected them from So many things. There were some forces that intended to harm you, which you did not know. But the Lord protected you from those. Praise and worship is not something that the preacher or or, or the worship leader should encourage us to do. It's something that should flow from within our hearts, especially when we think of what the Lord has done for us. The psalmist said, When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. God cares for us in a way that we may never understand. We sang that song this morning. Jesus, you love me too much. He does love us too much. His love for us is excessive. Amen? Is it possible to be thankful and remain faithful to God even when things are going really bad, and I mean really bad in our lives? Well, let's find out from this man called Job. I'm going to read Job chapter 1, verses 13 to 22. It says, Job's sons and daughters were having a feast in the home of his oldest son when someone rushed up to Job and said, while your servants were plowing with your oxen, and your donkeys were nearby eating grass. A gang of Serbians attacked and stole the oxen and donkeys. Your other servants were killed, and I was the only one who is kept to tell you. That servant was still speaking when a second one came running up and saying, God sent down a fire that killed your sheep and your servants. I am the only one who is kept to tell you. As if that was not enough, before that servant finished speaking, a third one raised up and said, three gangs of Chaldeans attacked and stole your camels. All of your, all of your other servants were killed, and I am the only one who is kept to tell you. That servant was still speaking when a fourth one dashed up and said, your children were having a feast and drinking wine. At the home of your eldest son, when suddenly a windstorm from the desert blew the house down, crushing all your children. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. When Job had this, he tore his clothes and shaved his head because of his great sorrow. He knelt on the ground, then worshipped God. Did you hear that? He knelt on the ground and did what? Worshipped God and said, we bring nothing at birth. We take nothing with us at death. The Lord alone gives and takes. Praise the name of the Lord. And the last verse says, in spite of everything, Job did not sin or accuse God of wrongdoing. Is it possible for us to remain faithful when we go through challenging times in our lives. I think Job is showing us that it is possible. We need to remain faithful to God. We need to remain focused on God in order for us to remain faithful and thankful. Gratitude does not grow in our hearts through the accumulation of more and more stuff, but from an awareness of the grace of God in our lives. It comes from understanding who God is what he has done, and what he is capable of doing in our lives. Amen? Now, I started by telling you a story about that grandmother that took her grandson to the beach. And, uh, you know, you would expect that when she went on her knees for the second time, she was going to thank God for saving her grandson. But alas, she noticed that the cap was not there, and she took issue with God. How often do we miss the opportunity to come before God and thank him for the big things that he has done for us? Simply because we choose to focus on the little things that we do not have. Because in the, even in our frustration and anger, God still expects us to be grateful. He still expects us to be thankful. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 16 says, Paul says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The brokenness in this world means we must make the best use of our time. Paul tells us this for two reasons. The first reason is this. The days are evil because they trick us into thinking that we have more time than we really have. We waste a lot of time. We procrastinate. We say we will do this tomorrow. I will thank God when I go to church. I will do this. But then again, we are not promised tomorrow, are we? Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Yesterday is in the tomb. It's gone. Tomorrow is still in the womb. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. What we have is today. Can you say amen? Amen. And secondly, the days are evil because they introduce evil in our lives. You only need to turn on the television to see what is happening around. So many things are happening. So we must be careful. We must be wise so that the things that come out of our mouths, we do not say things that are wrong. We do not curse God. We remain faithful. We remain thankful. Can you say amen to that? First Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 to 5 says, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. We must always give thanks for everything, including even the food that we eat when we go to the restaurants, when we go out. You know, it never ceases to amaze me that... Um, People, when they make their meals at home, they pray, they bless the food. But when they go to the restaurants, somehow they think they can just eat the food without blessing the food. You don't know who has made the food. You have not seen them. You probably won't meet them for the rest of your life. And uh, because the chefs are making the food at the back, it's the waiters that bring the food. That's if when you go to a, a proper, proper restaurant or hotel you you never, never meet the people who make, who make, who make the food. But uh, we find it easy to just tuck in without blessing the food, without praying for the food. But when we're at home, when we've made our own food, we bless the food. Can I just encourage you to pray for your food when you go out? Yes. Psalm 107, verses 8 to 9 says, Let them give thanks to the Lord. For his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Amen? Amen. He fills us with uh, good things. He satisfies the hungry and fills them with good things. Now I want to thank you for staying with me so far because um, that was just the introduction. I haven't started preaching. Now I'm going to go into the Word. I want us to look at a portion of Scripture from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 to 17. Luke, chapter 17, and we'll look at verses 11 to 17. We want to find out what the Lord thinks about thanksgiving. He's talking about the healing of ten men with leprosy. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, your show, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Just do me a favor. Can you just say to the person sitting next to you, I hope you are not one of the nine. Turn to the other one on the other side and say, Always give thanks... Always give thanks now leprosy leprosy is a horrible, horrible disease, and probably one of the worst. If I was to bring up a picture of somebody who has got leprosy, we would find it difficult to even look at that picture. It is a terrible disease it it, it is the, the the flesh and and you know i don 't want to go into it in jesus' time. Lepers were excommunicated until the priest determined that they were now clean. The priests were the health inspectors, not uh, uh, the professionals like we have in the NHS. And if you want to f- read more about how they went about you know, treating people with leprosy, the process of cleansing them, you can have a look at the, books, the book of uh, Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that um, my friend, Reverend Paul, is doing a teaching on the book of Leviticus. If you are free on Saturday evenings, I would encourage you to join those sessions. You will learn a lot about the Old Testament and how they did their things and how they also apply to where we are in our lives. Amen? So if you are free on Saturday between 7 and 8, please join Pastor Paul for the teaching on the book of Leviticus. When they met with Jesus, I'm talking about the lepers. They stood at a distance, practicing what we now call social distancing. A lot of these concepts we, we think they are new, we think the, we've, these are new things. But when you read the Bible, we find that all these things were happening long a long time before uh, before now. Even even uh, the thing of quarantine, Noah was in quarantine. You know when you, when you, He was in the boat, wasn't he? He, he His was a different type of quarantine, but you know know what I'm trying to say. So they shouted from a distance, asking Jesus to have pity on them. And Jesus heard them. Jesus heard them and had pity on them. And as was the custom of the day, he asked them, he commanded them to go and and show themselves to the priests to be examined and pronounced clean. So they were to, to display their faith in Jesus by going to show their, themselves to the priests, even though they were not yet healed, even though they still had leprosy on their, on the, on their body. They had to show their, face by, uh, their faith by going to the, to the priests. It was an act of faith. They were not physically healed at the point where Jesus commanded them to go to the priests. But as they went, they were made whole. Each step that they took was bringing healing on their bodies. Each step that they took, they got better and better. This was a journey of faith, going to see the priests. And even you... You and I today, as we are on our journey of faith, I believe that there are some things, undesirable things, that are falling off from us as we walk towards Jesus. As we endeavor to be Christ-like, Jesus is changing us. Things that are not supposed to be there are falling off in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Their faith in Christ was amazing. They believed him, even though he didn't say to them, be healed, be healed. Even though he didn't cast anything, they believed him, and they started going to the priests. I think that was a remarkable faith. So now can you imagine how they felt when they finally realized that they had been healed of leprosy? It was like they'd, they, were born, they, they were born again. Their skin on their flesh was as smooth as that of a little child. All of a sudden they could start dreaming again all the things that they could not do because they were not allowed they were they they could now do because the leprosy had gone they could now be reunited with their loved ones they could now go to the football stadium and watch Manchester United versus Chelsea how about you this morning have you noticed the kindness of God in your life? Have we ever fallen on your face or knees to say, thank you, Lord? Now, I don't know about you, but if I have to thank God for what he has done for me, I have to thank him every day of my life. And this is exactly what I do. When I wake up in the morning, a lot of times, that's the thing that comes to my mind. Just say, thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes, I'm sure you do that as well. Sometimes you sleep I mean, you sleep. So much that, you know, if somebody was to come, they could actually lift you and put you aside and steal the bed without you noticing anything. It happens to me sometimes. So when I wake up, I do say, Lord, I thank you. Anything could have happened to me whilst I was sleeping. Thank God every day of your life. So the sad thing is that nine of them, even though they had been healed, They proceeded on their way to the priests without going back to say thank you for the healing. Without going back to thank their healer. They obtained his blessings and simply went their way. Perhaps they were excited about going to the temple so that they could maybe worship God there. But you and I know that Jesus is the true temple of God. Can you say amen to that? The nine were Jews. The nine that did not come back were Jews. The seed of Israel. And I think they generally represented the attitude of the Jews at that time. Their their attitude to Jesus. Which said, give us everything that you have. Give us your healing. Provide for us. Give us food. Set us free. Give us political independence. But we will not worship you. Maybe they took him for granted because they thought, okay, he's a Jew like us, like one of us. So whatever he gives us, you know, he's just uh, helping his brothers. It's not a big deal. I want to tell you this morning that that spirit of ingratitude is born from the belief that we deserve the things that we have. Sometimes we fail to appreciate what we have because we feel that we deserve those things. We deserve the things that God has so graciously given to us. You know, I walked into a supermarket um, one day, and I saw this old man, probably in his 70s. He was looking very sad, almost in tears. And I asked him, what was the problem? I asked him, what is the problem? And he said to me, a customer had walked into that supermarket. He was looking for sliced bread. A particular type of sliced bread. And when he couldn't find that bread, he started shouting at this old man who was working on the aisle, just filling up the shelves with bread. I looked at the shelves and I could see that there was brown bread, there was white bread, there was that bread that uh, they mix white and brown to to try and help those that cannot make their minds what what, what what is it called? I, I, I think it's uh, 50-50. Yeah, 50-50. 50-50 was there. There was the Shabata bread. There was the focaccia. All the different types of bread were there. Except this particular bread that this man wanted, the sliced bread. And then he found it. He thought it was good for him to shout at this old man who was working in that supermarket. Um... Have we now stooped so low as to make others feel miserable because of simple and small things like that? We need to learn to be content with what we have, like what Paul says. Paul says that I've learned to be content. I know how to abound and I know how to abase. I can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens me. We should be content, we should be grateful with the things that we have. I think only a couple of weeks ago, we had fear from compassion, showing us some of the struggles that people face around the world. Imagine those people, if they could just have a loaf of bread, never mind it being sliced or not sliced, just a loaf of bread would change their lives. And here we are making others feel miserable because we cannot find a loaf of sliced bread on the shelf. May the Lord help us. The, the one who returned was a Samaritan. See, his, his condition was bad enough, just being a leper. But on top of that, he was also a Samaritan. We know that Samaritans did not have anything to do with the Jews. But uh, he felt that he had not done anything to deserve the grace that Jesus showed him. Likewise, we ought to always give thanks to the Lord because we were Gentiles and we were in sin. And God sent his beloved son to die for us on the cross so that our sins are forgiven and so that we may be reconciled with God. Can you say amen to that? As recipients of God's grace, we ought to thank him every day. Amen? This is what the Samaritan understood. He understood the implication of exactly what had happened. And he wanted to get the full potential of what he could get from Jesus. That's why he experienced a second miracle, which is that of salvation. Because Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. In other words, the gift of healing drew him closer to the gift, to that ultimate gift of salvation. Praise the Lord. Now, there are three things that I want us to quickly note that the Samaritan did. Number one is that he was prompt. He was prompt. He had been instructed to go to see the priests, but he stopped on his way to go and give thanks to the Lord. It was his responsibility to go and see the priests, but I think for him, he realized that you know some priorities are more urgent than others. Some priorities are more important than others. He figured out that bowing at the great high priest was more urgent than bowing down to the lesser priests. A grateful person is a happy person. A grateful person is a contented person. Secondly, he was humble. True thankfulness also comes with great humility. He fell at the feet of Jesus. Felt that this was the perfect place to demonstrate his humility. Because I want to tell you that there is no place as honorable as being at the feet of Jesus. It is a wonderful thing when Jesus is overshadowing our lives. True thankfulness lies humbly before the Lord the Bible says when we humble ourselves what will happen he will lift us up and not only did he lie at the feet of Jesus but he also added worship as he glorified God and gave him thanks he praised him in a loud voice and likewise we should never stop worshipping the Lord and giving him thanks thanks because he has delivered us from the leprosy of sin. What leprosy does to the skin is what sin does to the human soul. See, if somebody has got leprosy and they they, they, they stay like that for a long time, they come to a point where they become insensitive to, to pain. Even if they put their hands in the fire, they don't feel the heat Likewise, if somebody stays in sin for a long time, they will not know what is right and what is wrong. That's why we need Jesus. We cannot stay in a place where we do not know what is right and what is wrong. And lastly, he gave thanks. Jesus asked the question, where are the other nine? In other words, he was acknowledging that what the Samaritan had done was the acceptable thing. That's what was expected of all of them. Amen? In other words, he was delighted that this man came back to give him thanks. He is pleased with our thanksgiving and our worship. He praised God and thanked Jesus. He praised God and thanked Jesus. Which means you and I, we must also thank the people that God uses to bless us. If somebody, if God sends an angel to bless us, let's not just go to God and say, Lord, thank you, thank you, Lord. We must also thank the person that he has used to bless us. Can you say amen? Amen. So they all prayed and cried out together, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. But when it came to singing the song of praise and thanksgiving, magnifying the Lord, only one person sang that song. I'm sure the voices of a million angels could not express his gratitude. Why? Because when you are saved, it is a joy to praise God with others. But even if they don't join you, you can sing happily a solo of gratitude. Can you say amen to that? We don't need a band or a choir to praise the Lord. We can praise the Lord on our own. Something in, inside of us will just encourage us, will just tell us we need to give thanks to the Lord. Pastor Russ talked about that psalm this morning. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Praise the Lord. You know that song that, uh, that, that we sing? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and oh. That is within me, bless his holy, holy name. Let's sing once more. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his Holy, holy name. He has done great things. He has done great things. He has done great things. Hallelujah. He has done great things. Bless his holy, holy name. Thank you, Lord. That is a powerful song. Sorry, Belinda, we needed you, but uh, you were not in to help us with that. (laughs) Psalm 126 says, When the Lord brought back the captives from Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Has the Lord done anything great for you? Has He ever filled your mouth with joy? Has He ever filled your mouth with laughter? Then we have reason to bless Him. We have reason to thank him all the days of our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. There are so many things, church, for which we can thank God. There are so many things. I mean, we are living at a time when five million people around the world have lost their lives to COVID-19. The UK alone has lost more than 145,000 people. England has lost close to 120,000 people. I wish I could bring it closer to home and talk about the, ma- the figures in Manchester, but uh, the figures are a bit sketchy, you know. The- I couldn't find the exact figure for Manchester. But I want to ask you this question. You and I are here this morning. Is it because we are smarter than those that have lost their lives? Is it because we are cleverer? Is it because uh, of what we have done ourselves? The answer is no. So we can only thank God for our lives. That's all we can do. Amen? Amen. There are so many reasons why we can thank, why we should give thanks to the Lord. I encourage you not to take things for granted. Each day, count your blessings and number them one by one and give thanks to the Lord for them. Amen? Amen? Set aside some time to make a list of the things that you are thankful for, and always include them in your prayers. And when you go in prayer, I encourage you to start with thanksgiving. Don't leave thanksgiving to the end, because sometimes we forget. We come to God with a list of the things that we want, and we forget to thank him for the things that he has done. Amen? Amen? Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with what? with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Even the Apostle Paul always thanked God in his letters to the churches. He always said, I thank God for you. I never cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the God of all glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and that of revelation in the knowledge of him. I always pray for you. I always give you I always give thanks for you amen in a moment we are going to sing a song which says give thanks to the holy one give thanks to the righteous one i want us to sing that song with passion that song is powerful as we think of the things that we have just been talking about this morning i want us to sing that song with open hearts amen Say for me to just um, invite anyone who has not yet given his life or her life to Christ. If you are here this morning, I would ask you to raise up your hand. The ushers will come and give you the material to take you to the next level. If you are watching online, please type in your details in the comment section, in the small box in that comment section. Give us your details and somebody will get in touch with you. God bless you all. May I now ask you to stand as the worship team come um, and, and lead us into a time of worship.